to me is everything because it's, it's actually honors everything to God. So David, I honor you. I honor you and Amber and I honor you Rock City Church. Thank you for treating us like family. That is everything. I love you. I'm here with you, not behind you, not, not in front of you, but beside you. I honor you. Brad, I got to say, man, prosperity is not what you have, but it's who you have. And when God connected us, He's generational in his thinking, and everything that he does in his, is intentional. And when he connected us in 2014 in Canada, he was thinking about David. He was thinking about you on the front rows and in the back rows. He was thinking about you because everything God does is intentional, and he always does it through relationship. Because we're, we're done with just doing church as usual. We're actually going to do family. And that, that family is actually is what is making everybody manifest and lose their minds. Because it's extremely messy. But when you actually walk with the Lord, you understand that messy is the new clean. When you're walking with Him, you're seeing what He's actually doing. And when you're walking with Jesus, the only way that you can walk with him is you have to choose to be blind. You have to choose to be blind to what you think and what your opinions are. Because he said to walk by faith and not by... So if I'm going to walk with him, I have to choose to be blind to my own opinions. And if I'm choosing to walk with him, I have to be led by him. And in order to be led, you have to be dead. And it's the dying process of laying down your life to lose it so you can find it. And the way that you obviously will often find it is by getting around someone else so you can lose it. Because what the Lord does to, to get us from one level to the next is he brings those flint knives into your lives. And who would have thought that the way that you draw near to God... It's not just by going to a prayer closet every now and then, but the way you draw near to God is by looking at your friend right in front of you. Because where is the Lord? If Christ in me, the hope of glory, the same Christ in me is the same Christ in you. So if I want to get close to God, I have to get close to you. And if I'm going to get close to you, oftentimes that means I'm going to have to prefer you. Because that's what love does. Love lays its life down. The kingdom is completely upside down to the way we've done things. Up is down, down is up. First is last, last is first. If you're going to be strong, you have to be weak. If you want to be the greatest, you have to be the least. Small is big and big is small. So taking on the nature of Christ means we say, Lord, where are you headed to?
I learned from a great hunting prophet this week, Christopher Reeves. Chris Reeves. He said this, we were hunting, and he said this amazing thing as we were duck hunting. He says, hey, you don't aim where it's been, you aim where it's going. And I'm thinking, my God, the prophet just spoke. Because what we've been doing, we've been looking at the past, trying to build things based on the past. Listen, we are not called to relive the past, but to build on it. And the only way you can build on something is following where the Lord's going. The paths of righteousness are not easy. They're oftentimes up and down and around the rocky bend and a lot of tension happens along the way. A lot of conflict happens. But everybody wants to say, praise the Lord, 2020, I want change in my life. Listen, let me tell you something. Oftentimes at the point of your greatest change is the point of your greatest conflict. Because conflict always occurs at the curve of change. And God uses the tension of relationships to actually propel you into that next place because what is he doing now? What is Jesus doing? If you're looking where he's going, those who have eyes to see and ears to, see, to hear will understand what he's doing. He's coming back for a people that are so radically in love with Jesus, they're radically in love with one another. He said in John 13, 35, people will know you're my disciples by your great prophetic gift. People will know your disciple by what church you go to. No, there's only one thing that truly shows we're disciples and followers of Christ. is by the way we actually love one another. And let me tell you, we're not there yet. But we're headed there. This is my 28th year of ministry, and I feel like I'm just recently getting saved. Honest to God. I've been very polished in the past. Went to Bible school, then came out of Bible school, became an entrepreneur. I owned multiple businesses. I worked in the National Football League. I worked in NASCAR. I worked in the NBA. I worked in the NHL. I was a trainer. I was a therapist. I'm also a Krav Maga instructor. I teach Israeli self-defense. Yeah, so I can kill you and raise the dead at the same time. Okay? So all of, the, <laughs> so all of those things I, I learned. I was driven, I was focused, I was determined, I was stalwart, I was steady, and I was a performer. And I got all of my happiness based upon someone else's approval of me. I longed for the acceptance of man, and I didn't realize I was already accepted. So all of a sudden, the Lord visits me. In December of 2016, some of you may have heard this story, but in December of 2016, my life forever changed because here I am just getting off the road. I was preaching everywhere. I was bivocational. I would work during the week. I would preach on the weekends, and I would travel the world. And, and here he is. I'm crying out, Lord, I, I want to know you, Lord. You really need to understand what you're praying for because when you truly want to know the Lord, you have to encounter what's called the fellowship of his sufferings. 
So all of a sudden in December of 2016, uh, I, I had this hunger and my wife and I, we just came back off the field and we were in Canada for almost three years. We were pastoring up there and some of the hardest times of our life. But let me explain something. Those hard times I will not give away ever because it's the trial. It's the testing. It's the tribulation that you enter the kingdom. You enter the kingdom through much tribulation. So I came out of this season and I'm all of a sudden working my business and it's growing again. I'm making decent money and I'm saying, Lord, visit me. I want more of you, God. And out of the blue, December of 2016, the Lord wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I go downstairs to, to pray, and I'm half asleep, half awake, and all of a sudden the room gets electric, and the fear of God hits me, and I feel like I'm about to poop my pants. I mean, let me explain something. When Jesus appears to you, you can't be the same. Something's changing. A true divine encounter with God will radically change your whole course of your life. I had no idea when I had a visitation with the Lord himself that the hell I would go through right afterwards. So all of a sudden the room starts to change. Electricity is in the air and I'm looking up thinking what is going on and I look and right in front of me is Jesus Christ and I am freaked out. I feel like I am about to pass out. I'm about to fall down and the only reason I can stand up is because he's letting me. And the way he manifests himself to me actually is he looks like the painting of the Russian girl Akiana. He looked like that to me. And he comes up to me, and, and I am freaked out, and I'm just like, oh, am I dreaming? And he looked at me and says, Scott, I told you to preach the gospel in all of the world. Uh, 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 uh. Lord, I'm trying. I've gone to six countries within the last four months. He smiles at me. And even his smile makes me want to pass out. You feel love? I, I can't do the way I felt, Lord. I felt great love and fear at the same time. I can't describe it. It freaked me out, man. You feel fear and awe and love at the same time. And he looked at me. And he said this, but you haven't touched the 50 states of the country you live in now. He says, for now, and I want you to view America different. He says, I'm the one who sets the borders, and I'm the one who divides the nations. I now want you to view every state as its own country. So you're in the country of Texas, whether you know it or not. That's true. Everything's bigger in Texas. Hello? But every state is a country. It's a culture. It's a mission field. You have 50 nations right here in this one nation. 50 nations that are crying out, Lord, send harvesters. Listen, we do not have a harvest problem. We have a harvester problem. People that actually can love the way he loves. 
And he says, I want you to go into 50 of those countries and I want you to, to inspire people, raise up these Holy Ghost revival, Holy Ghost activation hubs, get my people equipped in how to love, to flow in my power. And he looks at me and he says, I want you to call it 420 fire. I said, 420? I said, 420 fire? May I ask why? <laughs> he smiled. Some of you older folks probably don't get that. Just talk to a younger person, I'll tell you. He says, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of demonstration, about a power. And he says, Scott, it's a name that will cause people to stop and ask, why? And this is what he said. He says, pure evangelism is loving people until they ask why. So all of a sudden, I, I step out. I don't know what I'm doing. It's amazing. God picked a performer to start something. I'm all messed up. And guess what? He didn't tell me how. He just said, do. Whoever hears my commandments and does them, I will tell you who he's like. Now, one time the Lord's actually saying, you got to do this. You got to do this. You he actually says, you just do it. But you, in order to actually do it, you have to follow me. And it's in the daily following as you're led, you have to be dead. Dead to your own opinion and come up empty-headed. This is why the Lord only let me use notes anymore when I preach. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. But here's the thing. If you follow the river, the river's going to take you where the river's going to take you. But you got to still jump in. And buckle up and close your eyes. So all of a sudden the Lord breathed on it. And three years... 34 states, 10 different nations, but that's all nothing to me. It really isn't so much on just achieving the goal. The biggest objective is for me to become more like him so I actually, actually have real relationship with people. Because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what we build if he's not in it. Except the Lord build the house, we're laboring in vain. Let me let me explain something. I built a ministry out of my gifting. I was miserable. It exploded. I was featured in charisma. I was traveling on the conference circuits. I was doing really well, but the whole while I'm miserable. And if it wasn't for my amazing wife there that keeps me grounded, who knows where I'd be which I love you, I honor you so much, baby. You are my rudder. I would not be who I am unless I had you in my life. You're my everything. I love you. So listen, the mission of 425 is obviously we're going to see America saved. Yeah, praise God. But it can't be saved until I actually invest in friends. So what, what God is doing right now, he's getting us back to a place of having true, authentic relationships. And that's where I've sucked. Can I say that word here? I've really, I was terrible at it. Because here's the thing. How many of you understand 
How many of you have been betrayed? We all have, right? We've, we've been betrayed. We probably betrayed. You've, you've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've had, been falsely accused. All of those things. But yet we still pray the same prayer. Lord, I want to be more like you. In order to know the Lord in that deeper level, you have to go through those things. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4, it says, Where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of the ox. That proverb right there shows everything in it. He's basically saying if you want some to actually have production in your life, you're going to have a lot of crap that to deal with. If something is completely pristine and completely sterilized, I don't know about if you realize this, but if a man is sterile, he can't reproduce. So the more sterilized we become, and we become sterilized by trying to do things on our own and not following the leading of God. And let me explain something. When the Lord starts to lead you, what will He lead you? You can't do this alone. You're not meant to do life alone. The moment you try to do life alone is the way you, the moment you step away from the Lord because everything God does is intentional. Everything that He does comes to a place of relationship, comes to a place of connection, comes to a place of communion. We can gather together, but assembling is a whole different animal. You know, Hebrews 10.25, we speak it all the time. Don't forsake the assembling of one another together. As the manner of some have. But y'all realize this, assembling and gathering is completely different. We just had Christmas. If you had that presents for your kids and you bought the, the box and had on it assembly not included, you didn't give it to them like that at Christmas morning, did you? No, you actually opened up the box and you got all the parts and you started to mush them together and you got frustrated with it. Am I the only one? I got frustrated with putting the assembly together. But it's actually the whole plan of God. Tension is in the plan of God. When things get tense, that means you're actually walking with Him. The closer you get with him, two things will happen. Number one, you feel like you absolutely don't know anything anymore. I completely lost my mind. And second, you actually desire to be seen less. There's a hiddenness. Man, stand up, bro. The Lord calls you an Aaron. That's his name? That's his name? No, that's his name. The Lord calls you an Aaron. Okay. There we go. <laughs> the Lord calls you an Aaron because the, 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 the name Aaron means a high mountain, a lofty mountain. 
what Papa is about to do with you is going to start to put you up higher because you haven't quite felt like you've been recognized. There's been an inner conflict inside of you that you felt like I'm, you, you, you can't try. Listen, you don't have to try and earn respect by men. Because some things that you've tried haven't quite worked out the way you've quite wanted them to. But I see the Lord's about to do a repositioning in your life. Hold out your hands. Because as I, as you hold out your hands, he's going to provide more seed for you to sow. I see an, uh, 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 there's an, an investment type. God's going to give you land. He's going to give you homes. He's going to give you those things that you can, that you can actually invest in and, and that you can release. You'll, you'll be able to flip them, man. I hear the word says, I've called you to flip things. You're going to be a flip it. I'm going to, you're going to flip it and you're going to make it. You're going to flip it. You're going to make it. And I'm going to bring you into a kingdom manifestation. Lord, I thank you for Aaron. Aaron's taking him up high. Take him up high. So things are about to speed up for you, Aaron. So, so you, the Lord's heard you. Now it's your season. 2020 is your year. 2020 is your year. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Jesus. What's that? No way. Come on, man. Wow. What do you do again? Okay. You can't. Ah, Jesus. That's crazy. Wow. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so here's the thing I want you to understand. I love the gifts. All right? And I love what Bill Johnson said. Gifts are free, but maturity is expensive. But we don't realize the maturity actually comes with your relationships. Ever since Brad came into my life, my life went to pot, man. Okay, I'm, I'm not joking. He, and he knows what I'm talking about. Not real pot, but like, you know what. Okay, okay. When Brad came into my life, all of a sudden, all conflict happened, chaos happened. I'm like, what the crap, man? Everything was working. In my own plan. Meaning the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. But let me explain something to you. For the purposes of God to actually manifest, you have to what? Lose your life. I mean, that's a great refrigerator verse, right? I mean, the Bible says the kingdom of God is entered through the what? The narrow gate. It doesn't say it's, it's entered. It's not the broad way. The Bible says the broad way is leading to like... It's the destruction. The broader, the easier it is, is the more destructions in it. But actually something that's compressed, something that's confined, something that actually puts the squeeze on you is actually proof that you're right in the right place. I didn't like that. But let's face it, our flesh don't like those things. But I'm telling you, there's nothing better. But remember, where the ox is, there's going to be some dung. The more messy something is, the more God's in it. This is the thing. Messy is the new clean. Let me explain something to you. So 2020, we talk about focus. We talk about vision. Everybody's got a prophetic word. Can I say something to you? Your 2020 won't be different until you are. 
I mean, that's it's just let's just tell the truth and shame the devil. Okay, 2020 will not be different unless you are, because just like the prophet Chris Reeves said, don't aim where he's been, you're aiming where he's going. In order to change the way I look at things, the way I look at things have to change. I have to see the perspective of God. Colossians 3.2 says to set your mind on those things which are above and not beneath. If I'm heavenly minded, I actually see his perspective. And all of a sudden, everything's turned upside down. What? Up is down. Down is up. First is last. Last is first. Everything changes now. If I get his mindset, I now realize my, I am called to lay my life down for you. And that is where he's taking us. He's taking us to 2020. Our vision is changing because we're actually going to actually really love. But let me explain something. The moment you start to preach on something, you will be tested by the very thing you preach. I started preaching this message of Jesus and family and my God. It happens. I think it's amazing that I'm at this point now. Some people say, Scott, you must be sadistic, man. No, I, I understand that when hard times happen, I actually am supposed to get happy. Count it all joy when you go through various trials. For know this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Wait a second. When you start going through hell, have a hallelujah fit. Hey, Jesus. Praise God. I'll never forget, and I want you to turn to Luke chapter 13. I'll never forget, all of a sudden, things started leaving my life. People started leaving my life. Things started happening, and I am started to bind and loose the devil. Get all you get behind me, Satan. I, I bind you. And the Lord finally spoke. He says, why are you doing this to me? I said, what do you mean? He says, you, you realize I'm just proud of you, son. Because God only prunes, that's those he's proud of. Those who produce fruit, he prunes. When the Lord looks at success, he looks at a prune tree. How many of us, we go through the nursery and all of a sudden, the tree nursery, and we want to say, look at that prune cut up tree. Man, I want that one. We don't. We want something that's already gone through the process. But God looks at the process totally different. See, you cannot negate the process. You can't escape the process. The process of God is what actually gets you from the prophecy to the promise. Don't despise the, the process. Between the prophecy and the promise is the process. It's the process of God that takes you from one level to the next. And oftentimes through that process, tension happens, chaos happens, conflict happens. And all it is is the Lord is walking you through it so you can get you to the other side. Whew. That's right. Those storms that you're having right there. He's going to use those storms in your life when you just keep your eyes on him. Listen. Stop talking about your mountain and start talking to it. Because if I'm focusing always on my storm, I'm not looking at the other side. 
those trials, everything you go through, if you have your people in your life, man, they're going to walk with you. And I know when I have friends that are with me, they got my back. And they're rare, let me tell you. It's my prayer for you, all of you, to become so radically in love with Jesus that you want to prefer everybody else. That you want to say, hey, how can I serve you? How can I lose my life to find it? I want to, I want to get lower than you. You can have my chair. Hey, let me promote you. Let me share your stuff. Are you talking about messing up everything? The way we've done everything is about to shift and about to change because he's coming back for family. He's coming. He's raising up fathers, just fathers and mothers. He's raising them up. And again, we read in Malachi before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the spirit of Elijah comes. You want the spirit of Elijah? Guess what happens? It's a great and dreadful day. But that's actually what is, a, is those, those hard times is proof that the fathers and mothers are about to rise. Because your prosperity is your people. It's not what you have. So in Luke chapter 13, I was meditating this morning. The Lord gave me some insight. And I've, I pray this does something. Chart starting with verse 6. When the Lord speaks prophetic, I love, he gives a lot of symbolism. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in the midst of his vineyard, in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year. Also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. The King James says, dung it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not after that, you can cut it down. And as I was meditating on this scripture, the Lord started to give me insight. You have to understand the fig tree. I've been to Israel before. The fig tree was a hardy, a consistent, and a constant tree. It was... One that would produce fruit in and out no matter oftentimes where where it was planted. It was one that was consistent. But here is, God is placing this fig tree in the midst of the vineyard. In the middle of a vineyard surrounded by fickle grapes. The grape tree, the vine was fickle. So they only planted in the best soil they could find. So all of a sudden... The fig tree, they come to inspect fruit. And this is us. We oftentimes want fruit to happen. Lord, when's it going to happen? When's my ministry going to happen? When's when's my thing going to take off? I'm, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been looking. I'm, what's, it's not happening, God. But you got to understand, this fig tree, the man said, and this is oftentimes us, he came for three years looking for figs. But those three years, is actually, you got to understand, the fig tree did not produce fruit until year three. So he's actually talking about year three, year four, year year four, five, and six he's talking about. So for six years, he's been looking for fruit. Six is the number of man, the number of the flesh. And oftentimes we're looking for things to happen out of ourself. We're trying to manifest things out of ourself, and it's not happening on our timetable. And we're thinking, what? We are waiting 
The waiting room of God is his weight room. Some of you heard that. The waiting room of God is the W-E-I-G-H-T, the weight room of God. You get strong in the Lord and the power of his might by learning how long suffering looks like. To wait on the Lord is to gain through the weight room of God. So here's all of a sudden, for six years, he's been, he's been waiting. And all of a sudden, the keeper says this, wait a second. Give it one more year, which will make it the seventh year. Seven is the number of God. God tells us what he looks like. He says, let me cut around it. Let me dig up the soil and move it around a little bit. And let me dung it. Let me put some fertilizer, that which was dung. Remember the oxen. If there's no dung, there's no life. So all of a sudden, God is cutting around your heart. You've been waiting. You've been being processed. You've been cut. You've been going through a time that God is saying, hey, open up your heart so I can come out. So that's what many of you are going through. 2019, you've been like, oh my gosh, when's my ship going to happen? Come in. When's it happening? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And the Lord's saying, hey, just I got to cut you a little bit more. Don't despise the process. You can't despise the process. But what's amazing, he plants that fig tree in the midst of his vineyard. And if you're not planted around people, then you become an island unto yourself. And if you're an island unto yourself, after a while, you'll turn into a volcano. And many people erupt because they don't have people in their life. They become these hermits. They become these people that they don't know how to do life together. Let me explain something to you. Learning how to do life is some of the best. There's nothing better. When you can truly, I look at some people, I look at Brad and I know that he's, he's got me. And faithful are the wounds of a friend. And if I see Christ in him, and I know Christ is in him, and he knows Christ is in me. Though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. One of the biggest mysteries of the Bible is the book of Job. I'm telling you, you start reading that, you'll see God. It's the truth. Only those who have eyes to see and ears to hear will understand those depths of God. But learning these relationships of the cutting of God. In, in, in 2020, things have to change. How? The way you look at things. The way your perspective has to shift. You now have to learn how to manifest your spirit by understanding your inner environment determines your outer environment. What's in here determines what's out there. And in order for that to change, I have to change the way I look at things. I do 2 Corinthians 4.18. I don't look on those things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. But the things which are seen will change. Trust me, I look in the mirror. I had hair last year. It's changed. But the things which are unseen in your spirit, see, where you see yourself is where you'll find yourself. But let the weak say I'm strong. 
when you see it, then you say it. And when you say it, you really seize it. But it all happens through that place of vulnerability. It all happens through that place of, okay, this is the real me. In all of my brokenness, and all of my dung, in all of my stuff, in all of my trap, in all of my pain, all of those things is actually when I start to connect with someone and I start to look them in the eye and I truly engage God by engaging them, by looking at them. Will I see what he sees? You know, Jesus, his eyes are full of a flame of fire. Do you know why? Because he was just looking at us. He's looking at you. He's looking at you. He sees you. He sees the true you, the true self, who you really are. To say, hey, stop trying to be a pretender. Now be you. Be the real authentic you. And I'm telling you what, when you can get open with someone and they get open with you, heaven moves every time. You start talking about Jesus, he actually walks in. give you one more story here in Acts chapter 16 all right before I read that I'm going to minister like I'm supposed to minister prophetically one more time. What's your name again? Yes, you. Yes. Calix. Now you're the you're the, the girl that went to Iris, right? That's awesome. That's awesome. She's one of your 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 leaders, right, Pastor David? She's got something special, man. You really do. See, you've been in that waiting room of God, too. You've been waiting. I see it. You've been waiting. And um, I saw a picture of you. The people that will be at their lowest points of their life, the people that have even stole to feed themselves, God's going to use you to rescue them. A lot of here in Corpus Christi, people that have been trapped and even they've stole, they've actually done things. God's saying, hey, I'm bringing your heart to help bring restoration to them. And God's going to use you to plug them in to this amazing family. And that's why I keep on saying, he told me the scripture, he says, people do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. And I keep seeing this picture of, of people were stealing and people were doing all these bad things, but yet they were starving, they were hurting, they were, they were poor, and, and yet he sent you to be a rescuer. That's why you're in the right place at the right time. Divine strategy, honey. God's been positioning you for such a time as this. Even, even now, every, he's, he's filling in the dots. He's connecting them. He's connecting the dots, and you're part of that that, that dream team. I hear the Lord's bringing up a, a dream team to help raise this up here. 
this dream team of, of helping the, the thieves, getting the thieves free. So people do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Proverbs 6.30. So 6.30 is June the 30th. So I pray and declare that even by June the 30th, something. <laughs> That's your birthday. Wow. Come on, Jesus. Wow. The Lord, I just thank you. That's your sign. That's your sign. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. She's one of those dread, those warriors. Run your race. Praise God. Jesus. Starting with verse 25. It says, but at midnight. Midnight isn't a season. Midnight is a transition from one season to the next. Many of us are in these midnight times. Right now we're in that season of, of changing from one to the next. And oftentimes right before you go into that next place, there will be conflict. There will be tension. There will be all of this friction that happens that's actually a signpost, a marker that you are in the right place at the right time. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The Bible says they're in the innermost dungeon. They're in the innermost place. Guess what happens in a dungeon? Dung. Dung. So here we're back at the crap. But here they are in the midst of the innermost dungeon. They're in this place where it's extremely messy with their lives. And when it starts to get messy, all of a sudden, they start looking at one another and grinning. Just the light of the moon beckons them. And all of a sudden, they start to pray together. They start to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. <laughs> Make a melody in their hearts to the Lord. <laughs> he says in Ephesians chapter 5, To not be drunk with wine, which is an excess, to be, be being filled with the Holy Ghost by speaking to one another. <laughs> In psalms and hymns and spiritual song, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So all of a sudden they're in this, this place between one season into the next. They've been whipped, they've been mocked, and they're in a place of excrement all around them, and they start to grin. And they start to sing, and they start to praise God, and, and all of a sudden the Bible says the prisoners were listening. See, the world is watching. Corpus Christi is watching. How will we respond to the dark time? How will, how will we respond to when we start to get dung all over us? When things start to get messy, how will we respond? By grinning. 
So now all of a sudden, they started to sing and praise God, and, and the prisoners were listening, and all of a sudden, a great earthquake manifest shook the place. And after it got shaken, all of a sudden, every prisoner's door was opened. Those trapped in their pain, those trapped in their trial, those trapped in their depression, those trapped, all of a sudden, when you get two or more together in agreement, open and transparent in the midst of all their junk, heaven walks in. <laughs> it starts to give you understanding of what Isaiah chapter 6 meant. In the year that King Uzziah died, behold, I saw the Lord, saw the Lord high and lifted up in his train, filled the temple. And I saw two seraphim. They each had six wings, two covered its eyes, two covered its feet, and two covered it, and two it flew. And the Bible says they looked to one another. Wait a second, wait a second. Well, who are they looking at? By speaking to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Wait a second. They start looking to one another, crying, He's holy. He's holy. So you got two of them actually de declaring, you got two of them actually in agreement. But the Bible says, At the voice of Him who cried. God don't hear multiple voices, He hears one. So all of a sudden, Paul and Silas, they're there, and they're starting to pray together because they're doing life. They're doing relationship. They've been walking with each other. Let me explain. Walk with someone. And that's where we're all going to get cut. That's all where God's God doing. He's bringing together those people of God to do life together with. No matter the cost, no matter the consequence, here I am. I'm not moving. I'm done with that saying. Well, the grace is lifted. Praise the Lord. If I'm going to do a relationship with someone, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Since when do we have, well, that was just, praise God, that's just a seasonal relationship. Hallelujah. Since when? Thank God God's not seasonal with me and my friendship with him. Can we just get over the religious cliche and just get it? All right, I'm laying down my life to find it, so let's, how can I help you today? And this is what Paul and Silas did. They were in that place, and they start to truly get the perspective of heaven. They became one in their united praise in the midst of their pain. And all of a sudden, the earthquake happened. The, the chains fell off all of those who were listening my friends corpus christi is listening the country of texas is listening they're watching how we're going to treat one another they're watching how we're going to do life together they're watching what will the body of christ do to change the nation how will the nation change look where he's going and not where he's been the next thing that happened all the prisoners got free and Paul and Silas, they didn't move. They said, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And the next thing you know, 
it caused the entire jailer and his family to even clean the stripes. Those that hurt you will come around. As long as you don't hold a grudge. Forgive. Lay down your opinion. Say, I'm moving on. Changing the way I'm looking at things. I'm going to see through the perspective of God, and all of a sudden, 2020 is going to be a year that is changed and will be different because, bless God, I'm different. Many of you in here today, how many of you want 2020 to be different for you? Your perspective has to change. You have to see through the perspective of the lens of God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that those strongholds you have, they're only pulled down through one thing. You can't cast them out. They're not demons. You can't counsel the flesh and you can't cast, you can't, can't cast out the flesh and you can't counsel a demon. And that's how we've been trying to do things. That's why a lot of times our fire tunnels don't work anymore. But, I mean, Chris said he can come up here and pray for you today if you need to be free from that. <laughs> he says the strongholds are only pulled down through what? The knowledge of God. And what is God? God is who? God is love. And if I become more like him, I'm going to love like him. And if I'm going to love like him, that means I have one aspect of him is that all of a sudden I look at you and I just love you. I said to the Lord one time, Lord, I'm tired of being abused. I'm tired of, tired of being misused. He said, I said, God, I don't trust anybody. You know what he told me? He says, Scott, trust me and just love them. And I'll work on that. Listen, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. People aren't your enemy. Most people don't, they don't know what you're doing. They don't know what they're doing. You, we don't even know what we're doing. Be slow to speak, quick to hear. Listen to the wind of the Spirit. All of those hard times in 2020, that's what's positioning you for now. But you've got to change the way you look at things. Now say, Lord, I thank you for those storms. I thank you that as I'm going into 2020, I'm going to be strong in you and the power of your might, not my own anymore. Not, it's not, not my might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God we'll be strong. So you want your, 20 to 20, your 2020 to be different? Y'all ready? So stand up. This morning's message was your prophetic word. Lord, I just thank you for Rock City. City Rock City Church, built on a rock. I thank you for the pastors here. I thank you for the leaders here. Lord, I decree and declare over them great grace. I decree and I declare over them, Lord, that they be strong in you and the power of your might. 
I thank you that your purpose will prevail. And Lord, thank you for changing us from the inside out, that we will no longer be just reactionary, but we'll respond to your glory, that we will respond to the wind of the Spirit, because now we're going to say, Lord, I want to be led by you. Help me to love like you, without an agenda, without an opinion, but to truly say, Jesus Christ is my true north. Jesus Christ is my center. Help us to love one another even more than ever before, God. Help us to be people that will be known by this radical, tangible, liquid love that when people encounter us, they are transformed. So I bless them today. I thank you for the pastors. I speak freedom over you all. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for Pastor David. I love this man. And I bless you. Here you go. Okay, have a seat for a moment. Uh, we're going to go a little bit longer because I'm not letting him out that easy. Uh, but I do want to receive an offering. You guys know that we need to bring in a substantial amount of money to cover all the expenses. And I know it was right to bring everybody that's here in and their spouses, by the way. And so uh, we need to bring in about 20, 25,000. I don't know where we're at right now. Maybe I can get a general idea. Maybe. Uh, if we're close, are we there? Um, but if you guys wouldn't mind giving right now, I would really appreciate that. This is going to go to uh, the honorariums towards those that have come in, as well as covering some rental cars and travel expenses and all of that. So ushers, you guys, there's three ways that you can give. You know what they are. Check your cash right now in the seat pocket in front of you. And then also text to give 77977. Type in Rock City Corpus in all caps. Focus 2020 is the conference. And then uh, you can give online on our website. All right? So ushers, go ahead and pass the buckets. And I know y'all don't want to go to lunch or go anywhere because that's the way this church is. So I actually would like Scott to come back up and give us maybe a little more time because there's such an anointing here. And you came a long way and sat patiently for what six or five six services and uh there's just such an anointing in here right now so uh how about if we go another 20 minutes or so can you do that can you, are you sure you can handle that or are you tired that's right again hey that like that whole warrior thing going on so why are you just sitting down there Come on. 